Hello and welcome again to Irreligiosophy, where we wipe clean Mormon spiritual crap. That is absolutely true. It's been a while since we've done a Mormon episode, so I thought now would be a good time. Yeah, yeah. The only problem I have with wiping clean the spiritual crap is I always get the little lint from the toilet paper back there. It, it's difficult. But you uh, found your patriarchal blessing, so you can use that to wipe your ass from now on. That's very true, especially considering the fact that they sent me like 60 copies of it. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. <laughs> it's valuable. You do not want to lose that thing. Uh, as I recall, when they gave it to me, they said, Okay, now keep one copy in several different places so you never lose it. Um, you... I kept it all in one place, and I just stumbled across it going, Fuck, I can't believe I have this. It's still in the original envelope that you got it in. <laughs> I love it, I love it. All right, before we get to that, uh, what do you think? Email, iTunes reviews? Now, uh, before we get into the reviews, I'd actually like to bring up an a email we got from Queen of Hearts, the infamous Queen of Hearts. And what she states is, I have spent the last nine years out of college trying to create an AIDS vaccine, trying to find drug interventions for urological disease, trying to coax stem cells to the side of brain injury, excuse me, and now trying to test the efficiency of anti-cancer drugs via different imaging modalities. My biggest question for you, Queen of Hearts, is why the hell are you bothering to listen to us? We're a couple of fucking retards. Hey, I want to know why she's bothering with all this stuff when prayer works. Just pray <laughs> over these people. And you know, plus, people who get, who get AIDS deserve it. If they weren't having sex, they wouldn't be getting AIDS. That is a very good point. Even the children deserve it in the womb because it's the mother's fault carried down to the seventh generation. And the, <laughs> the brain injury, that's God's will. Why would you yeah. try to defeat God's will? I think I'm going to retire as a physician, actually, because I, I feel like I'm standing in the way. God's actively trying to kill my patients, and I'm just standing in the way. Um, I'm sure you think that every time you got an 80-something-year-old person and you're cracking their ribs trying to keep them alive. <laughs> <laughs> All right, how about we move on to iTunes reviews? All right, now, iTunes reviews. The first and my absolute favorite is... Sticking it to the man when the man's a 12-year-old Thai child. Yeah, uh... <laughs> we do a good job of that here at Irreligiosophy. Yeah. Uh, we I do like not... to stick it to my Thai child on a regular basis. We do not allow these Thai children to get away with shit. Yes, yes. The next one uh, is entitled Four Stars. The fifth is a pity star. And it has a little winky emoticon on there. I think he's hitting on you. It's by Shtick. Great show, guys. Learned about this one at a meeting of the local skeptics. Been hooked since. Uh, I would like to suggest a show topic, if I may. You have mentioned Dan Brown's books as well as the Twilight series, Shudder. I would love to hear an episode where you take on these from the religious angle. Uh, that would require reading the Twilight series. What are you talking about? You haven't read them yet? Go Team Jacob. He's so <laughs> hot. I'd do him in a second. <laughs> and I by prefer... the way, your name is not as difficult to pronounce as our shtick. That's right. It's shtick. <laughs> I, I prefer Edward because he's um, so loyal. You know, uh, I had a girlfriend who actually pointed out that Edward had like a third nipple or something. I think you just like him because of that third nipple. 
Uh, I think that's a sign of a witch, not a vampire. <laughs> no, in real life, the actual guy who plays oh. Edward, you dipshit. He's a witch! Burn him! Burn him! Let's see if he floats on water. <laughs> I am not going to subject myself to the Twilight series. Uh, no. We may, no. like Kent Hovind, maybe we'll just pick a random chapter out of the Twilight series and do a podcast on that. Oh, God. I can't believe you're even suggesting it. And uh, Leighton will read it. I've actually read two of Dan Brown's books, and they're, um, ugh, I don't know. They're, they're, yeah. Well, I guess if you can make it through two of Dan Brown's books, I can make it through a chapter of the Twilight series. <laughs> you can make it through the entire Twilight series. Kiss my fucking ass. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. We've got uh, Forget Paradise. Eh, it's all right. Just kidding. It's freaking great. Um, Woohoo! We're freaking great. Freaking great, and he was kidding. And in fact, he points out he's kidding several times. I, I don't know if that's necessary, actually. But <laughs> my dad introduced me to the SGU my freshman year in high school, with my own grandmother being a crazy naturopathy. Critical you, thinking you, has always you, been a breath of fresh air. Shut up. You don't. You don't have to read the whole thing. I, I'm getting to something important. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? Just because of that, I'm going to skip it. <laughs> it just point out that I am going to buy each of these guys a beer no matter how grading Chuck is. Now that's spelled G-R-A-D-I-N-G. I'd give him a C plus for that review. Uh, I, I give you a double D in my opinion. Uh, this guy's a college freshman. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, you should probably use spell checker because you know we're going to make fun of you. <laughs> Spell checker won't catch that one, you idiot. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> well, fuck, oh. I guess proofreading is another point. <laughs> okay, let's just continue on. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so much for iTunes reviews. Thank God it's over. <laughs> We're now moving on to the Mims Carter Skunk Dick of the Week, sponsored by the Bacon Gospels, available at lulu.com. And um, I'd like to preface this by reading one of my favorite passages out of the Bacon Gospels. The recipe according to Holy Bacon, Matt Bacon, uh, 7, verse 3. Let us all bow our heads. And why beholdest thou the kernel that is in thy littermate's snout? But considerest not the cob that is in thine own snout? Or how wilt thou squeal to thy littermate, Let me pull out the kernel of thine snout, and behold the cob is in thine snout? Thou hypocrite! First cast out the cob out of thine own snout, and then shalt thou see clearly to cast the kernel out of thy littermate's snout. Amen. You know what? Um, I'm going to buy a couple of these, and I'm going to wait for Jehovah's Witness or <laughs> Mormon missionary. <laughs> and when they attempt to give me their Bible or Book of Mormon, I'm going to give them the bacon gospel. Holy shit. I had a, uh, a Jehovah's Witness call me on my business phone and leave this long message of quoting scripture and pointing out that I should seek Jesus in this tumultuous time of eco economic troubles. Yeah, well, give him a snout full of bacon gospel. I think I like this. I may have to go buy one of those and say, I'll read your gospel if you read mine. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, on to so the skunk dicks. Yeah. Our first skunk dick is Brian Fisher. He's a host on a Christian radio show. And uh, he got some email from a listener who didn't like his suggestion that homosexuals should be imprisoned. 
I wonder uh, if Fisher's um, dislike for homosexuals extends to gay penguins. It, it should. I mean, no one can hate a gay penguin for How stealing an egg and replacing it with a rock. <laughs> How can you? That is <laughs> simply awesome. Yes. And the white picket fence was even better. So he, he wrote back to this listener... Uh, <laughs> It might be worth noting that what I actually suggested is that we impose the same sanctions on those who engage in homosexual behavior as we do on those who engage in intravenous drug abuse, since they both pose the same kind of risk of contracting HIV slash AIDS. What do you think about that, Leighton? Uh, honestly, I think I'm... it's rock solid. I don't. There's nothing uh, to refute that. He's absolutely right. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, uh, I am so. Uh unbelievably not shocked by this for the simple fact that I grew up with a friend whose belief was that all gay people should be taken and dropped on an island and then we should just fly out supplies to them every once in a while so uh, I am honestly not shocked by this sort of opinion at all even though it is the most stupid and asinine thing to ever come across anybody's mind first of all he conveniently forgets that heterosexual behavior also has risk of contracting HIV and AIDS. Not only does he forget that, but he also forgets um, that lesbians are apparently God's chosen people. This is a <laughs> quote from the CDC, Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, website. To date, there are no confirmed cases of female-to-female -female sexual transmission of HIV in the United States database. So... <laughs> And this apparently. is why I love me some lesbian porn. It's, <laughs> it's safe, and I don't have to worry about catching AIDS. God's preferred form of sex is female on female. Because <laughs> yeah. there's a literally, apparently, no risk of contracting HIV-AIDS. Well, my, my question is, have they done any research on the 69? Because if swallowing doesn't provide AIDS, then that would be God's preferred, and we should take a, a rule from lesbian sex. I'm going to have to do some serious research on that question. <laughs> oh, I'm sure you will. Our second skunk dick candidate uh, is actually sent in by one of our listeners. In See, fact, we do, they demanded it. We here at Irreligiosophy listen back. Isn't that amazing? This is why we're not going to even tell you what the second one is. <laughs> <laughs> Just have to listen very closely. It was sent in by uh, Villiard. Villiard. And this is uh, Cherie Blair. She's Tony Blair's wife. And she uh, was more lenient to a Muslim uh, because he was a, quote, religious man. There's a uh, Muslim guy who had just gotten back from praying at a mosque. And he was in line at a bank where he got into an argument with a, um, a Mohammed Furkan over who was first in the line. He punched the guy in the face, and then he ran out. Now, Mr. Furkan, not the brightest man, follows him, but was knocked to the pavement, breaking his jaw. <laughs> so he was uh, <laughs> assaulted. Now, this, this um, religious man, Mia told police that he'd been acting in self-defense, but uh, the security footage shows that he was the aggressor. He also Clearly, pleaded guilty. Clearly, this is word-of-mouth testimony. You can't take either of them, <laughs> seriously. So, Mrs. Blair says, 
I am going to suspend this sentence for the period of two years based on the fact that you are a religious person and have not been in trouble before. You are a religious man, and you know this is not acceptable behavior. You know, but apparently, punching people in the face, he knows it's unacceptable, even though he came straight from a prayer meeting. And uh, lying, apparently, is acceptable to him as well, because he said he was acting in self-defense. This woman should be disbarred. Plain and she should not have any seat where she can make judgments like this. So if he's an atheist, apparently he would have gone to jail. Yeah. Yeah, in fact, I'm sure if he was an atheist, he would have got the full measure of that law. It, well, right, purely because he wasn't a religious man. Did him? Did this Muslim being religious prevent him from punching the guy in the face and breaking his jaw or lying in court? And yet again, we come down to where is the moral system versus religion and secular humanists slash atheists. All right, so that's skunk dick candidate number two. Skunk dick candidate number three. I'm gonna is stop a you right there. No, no, no. We are throwing in out no, Haiti. no, no. <laughs> We are throwing out skunk dick number three because I am nominating Mims Carter. That son of a bitch comes on our show and he starts winning all of our fans over to his side and making everybody think that he's a good guy. No, no. Mims Carter is skunk dick number three. I don't care what you got. All right. The whole reason we had him on the show was to show people what a true skunk dick he was, and now we got people cheering for him on our own website. Yeah, what the hell, man? Why did you have to turn out to be such a good guy? Come on. <laughs> All right, we'll put this in the computer. All right, well, what, what's your vote? Oh, yeah. <laughs> my vote is Mims Carter. All right, my vote, unfortunately, this week isn't Mims Carter, although he's a complete asshole for doing that to us. My vote is Cherie Blair. She's All got right. a bigger dick than Mims Carter. <laughs> <laughs> Let's put that into the computer. What do we got? I don't think you want to put her dick in the computer. <laughs> <laughs> Depends on the size of the input port. Stand by. Analysis verified. Holy shit! For the first time ever in the Skunk Dick Awards, the winner is Mims Brian Fisher. <laughs> <laughs> Mims Carter didn't win. It was the anti-gay uh, Christian radio idiot. Well, you know, I'm a little confused because the computer was so intent on going towards Mims Carter that he actually put <laughs> Mims' first name there, but then completely did a turnaround to Brian Fisher. Amazing. The Mims Carter streak is partially broken. Wow. We have never had that where it was partially. Can that even be allowed in a contest? Le we're, I think this is unprecedented. We're going to have to go back through the records and, and find out if there's a precedent for this or not. Yes, yes, because we've both defined the records so thoroughly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what the hell is our podcast on? Um, <laughs> I'm pretty sure I already told you that our podcast was wiping the spiritual asses of the Mormons. Let's describe first what a patriarchal blessing is. All right, all right, well... My patriarchal blessing, it's, it's actually, I've, I've brought up a couple other instances before we even get into my patriarchal blessing. Now, uh, when I was uh, actually looking at my patriarchal blessing, I found something that kind of uh, interested me. It says, patriarchal blessing number 174. 
Now, uh, we've already discussed how Charlie's wife has discovered that patriarchal blessings basically come from a template. So I started doing an internet search concerning if that number did indeed mean this was the template that it was taken from, but I couldn't find uh, the actual answer to that, but I did find a couple of other more interesting things. And, uh, could, could, you, could you tell us more stuff that you didn't find the answer to? I find that really interesting. Yeah, yeah. Hold, hold on a second. I, I'm just trying to figure out how much of a jackass you are for interrupting me. <laughs> I, thought, I thought we were going to go on a patriarchal blessings, but no, go ahead, you know, whatever. We're going to tell has, people what a patriarchal blessing was. But This yeah, go is ahead. what I'm getting to, you dipshit. Maybe yeah. if you'd stop interrupting my train of thought, we could get to it. Go ahead. It's so interesting. I'm sure it is. Would you like to come over here and discuss it? (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, while trying to find out what the patriarchal blessing number meant, I came across a couple of great ones where one man actually put up his patriarchal blessing on the Internet, and uh, a woman actually put up her description of her patriarchal blessing. Now, as Charlie was pointing out, we're going to get into what a patriarchal blessing really means to somebody. Well, it is about fucking time. <laughs> I knew After wasting the coming. last five minutes, we're uh, finally going to get around to it. five minutes was you butting in, jackass. <laughs> Explaining what the hell this thing is to people who don't know about Mormonism. <laughs> All right, so, so basically what the patriarchal blessing is, is you are hounded by your parents, by your teachers, by your church leaders to get this when you turn 14. And the reason why is this is supposed to be the path you should take in life. It's supposed to be the roadmap, as it's normally called. And uh, the funny thing is, is I didn't get mine till I was 16. And the only reason why I did is because of all the pressure that I was getting from family, from uh, from my teachers, everything else like that. I finally just threw my hands up in the air and said, fine, I'll get this. Now, this is so special to Mormons that they are supposed to read this constantly and it's supposed to guide them in decisions they make in their life. Now, one of the instances I found while searching for the number is actually entitled My Nondescript and Utterly Predictable Patriarchal Blessing Written by a Woman <laughs> Who is Still a Mormon. <laughs> well, uh, I think that describes every single patriarchal blessing there is. Yeah. It it really does. And the reason why I want to bring her up is because she has some great instances. And I want to read this. When I was a Laurel, other, in other words, she was age 17, young woman, my young woman president told me that I should get my patriarchal blessing. I got called in for an interview with my bishop, and he said, I understand you want to get your patriarchal blessing. I said, do I? He said, isn't that why you're here? I said, you tell me. And this is actually a common experience where if someone approaches you and they find out you are above the age of 14 and you haven't had your patriarchal blessing, the bishop, well, they'll get into communication with the bishop and you will actually be called in there and have no clue as to why you're there until he brings this up and you're sitting there going, (laughs) I don't recall requesting this. Now, this is interesting because uh, in my family, we were not in the church. Uh, So my dad was the one. In the church, they have this patriarch. Is that his only duty? That's like a calling that you get to give these patriarchal blessings? Does he do anything else? 
he can take on like a teacher in Sunday school, things like that. But this is his main duty. He is the patriarch of that particular uh, not not ward or what's the other word? Stake. Stake. That's what I'm looking for. He stake is a the, collection of wards. Yeah, collection of wards. He is the patriarch for that stake. So everybody in that collection of wards comes to him to get their patriarchal blessing. So that's the typical um, course that these things take. For me, I didn't have access to a patriarch, so my patriarchal blessing was actually given by my father. It was recorded, uh, and I asked my dad about it, but he knows I do this podcast. He wouldn't give it to me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's that's actually pretty funny. I always wondered why you never went and found your patriarchal blessing. Yeah, um, it, I, as far as I know, it was never transcribed. He just did it, you know, they put little oil on your head, they lay their hands on your head, and then you sit there while they talk for like 15 minutes. And he recorded wow. it, but I don't think it ever was typed out. My God, yours went on for 15 minutes? I it, thought it mine that like, went on for like five minutes was bad enough. It seemed like an eternity. Yeah, it, it, it really like does. It would never end. Yeah, because you have this guy... You have your parents. This is how it goes. You have your parents, especially as a young boy or young girl. They are sitting in the room with you, and they are all smiles, all proud of their son or daughter getting this patriarchal blessing. And then you have this old man that you've never met putting his hands on your head uh, with oil, mind you, and anointing you and giving you this blessing. And, of course, you're sitting there going, my God, this is such a solemn thing, and it's supposed to make my parents proud, that you are sitting there with your head bowed trying to take every little thing seriously. Right. Um, and for the life of me, I don't remember a single word my dad. I have a pretty good memory. I don't remember a single word that he said. There is one thing I remembered when, when we walked, actually two things I remembered when we walked out of there, but I'll get to those when we actually get to my patriarchal blessing. Now, another reason why I bring up this woman is because she also points out how the initial meeting with the patriarch goes, where he starts asking questions like, what are you planning on doing with your life? Are you planning on going to school? What are your working plans? What are your plans for the future? And so on and so forth. So before he even starts the blessing, he has all sorts of questions for you, and he's kind of feeling you out. And then the funny thing is, she also points out here, as most patriarchs do, they ask you, is there anything in particular that is troubling you that you would like to ask me for this patriarchal blessing? Now, oddly enough, this woman said, not really, surprise me, which is pretty much the same answer I gave. I'm sitting there going, fuck, I'm a 16-year-old kid. What real deep answer do I need right now? <laughs> well, my burning question is, how soon am I going to get laid? That's what I would have asked. <laughs> if you are a Mormon religious boy, that would be well after you're 21. Or even better, why do I have this burning sensation and discharge from my penis? <laughs> That's because you've already been laid with a loose woman. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Well, at any point, um, she actually points out that this this blessing is supposed to be really important, and that this is supposed to be what God had to say to her. And of course, this is what every religious Mormon thinks: is this is what God has to say to you. And uh, the funny thing is, is she actually walks out there and states that. Uh, <laughs> 
that it was completely unfulfilling for her because there was nothing of profoundness, nothing. She was underwhelmed entirely from it. Well, what was your experience? My experience was I had the patriarchal blessing and uh, it was basically my thought is, okay, it's over and done with, let's get the hell out of here. And so basically I stood up, shook his hand, they all told me how special I was for getting such a special blessing. And then <laughs> yeah. I... Yeah, 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 yeah. That was my experience, pretty much from my baptism in my grandma's swimming pool. I got out. Everyone's asking you, you know, like a do bunch you of feel different. Yeah, bunch of monkeys gathering around, you know. Oh yeah, do you feel any different? Do you feel, you know, the Holy Spirit? Blah blah blah. You know, you get the head, the hands put on your head after that too, and they apparently confer the Holy Spirit on you. Nope, don't feel any different. Uh, and you really want to, you know, you really want yeah. to feel different so you can say something because they're so expectant. But it doesn't, and uh, same thing with when they give you the um, Aaronic priesthood and the Melchizedek priesthood, and when they do this patriarchal blessing, and none of it um, caused my bosom to burn, or I didn't have any spiritual feelings about anything. I didn't feel any different at all. No, no, and that's the same thing here. This is supposed to be the guide for your life, and all I wanted to do was usher my parents out the door and go get some dinner. So, <laughs> which is another Mormon ritual, right? They uh, yeah. go to Chukarama or something like that. Yeah, basically, it's such a special occasion that you're treated to a meal. And in my family, mind you, where we had 21 people in the family, the only time I got to go out to some restaurant was a special occasion like this or on my birthday. Yeah, I'm impressed you put that off for two years. My birthday for two years? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know what you meant, jackass. Well, uh, truth be told, uh, I, I think back to that time and wonder why I put it off for so long. And some of me, I think half of me, was partly still in believing mode, partly concerned with what it was going to tell me. Because there are some aspects of the church that I didn't want to walk down, and I was worried that this patriarchal blessing was going to tell me, and then I would be bound by God to follow that patriarchal path. Huh, interesting. Yeah. What, now, spe any specific path you didn't want to walk down? Uh, let's see. Uh, I, I despised priesthood quorums. There was no way I wanted to be any sort of leadership in the priesthood quorums. I really didn't have much of an interest on going on a mission at all. Um, even at 16, huh? Even at 16. Um, I, the entire thought, the entire thought for me, and... This kind of carries back to a little bit of my childhood experiences, but the entire thought of being locked in a room with another man, and he is the only companion I have for two years, well, beyond swapping out every once in a while, that just grated on me. It, it, it You know, truth be told, I've been having a conversation with my family, and, and for our listeners to understand this, uh, they need to understand just like my family. Now, when I was about five or six, I was pretty apt to wandering out into the wilderness all by myself. And uh, my, uh, my family allowed this because we actually lived out, uh, out in the wilderness. So, I mean, there were very few houses around. And uh, one of these times when I was out there wandering in the wilderness, I got caught in a gulch by a man and I was raped. Now, the thoughts that go through a small boy's mind at that point is why didn't God warn me about this? 
And if God did warn me, why didn't I listen? And this actually plagued me for many years. And because of it, I paid closer attention, or at least I tried to pay closer attention, to God's promptings and to anything that would make me more righteous. Because that's that's the type of feeling. And this is why my family never even learned of this. In fact, they've just barely discovered this themselves about a week ago. Now, the reason why I'm bringing this up is to point out just how important this document was supposed to mean to me. Because from that experience, I was so tied into being righteous and listening to what God had to say in order to avoid and to be on the right path that I think that in a lot of ways was another reason why I was somewhat terrified to get this patriarchal blessing. Now the interesting thing is, which which I'll get into my patriarchal blessing where, where it actually states it, is it was because of this experience as well that I started questioning God. And the reason why is when it came time to go on my mission, my my father, he lost all of his money. He He basically pulled out his entire retirement and put it into the stock market. And when it crashed in the 90s, he lost everything. Not only that, but he had taken out a large loan on our, our ranch house. And we were tumbling very deeply. In fact, I was working three jobs at the time. And yet I was still getting pressure from my dad and my mom to go on a mission. And I knew that if I left, the entire car- house of cards would come tumbling in. And at this point, like I said, I was so intent on on actually hearing God and receiving his message that I went up into the wilderness and I prayed to him for hours, back and forth, back and forth, should I go on a mission, shouldn't I go on a mission, and at one point when I asked, do you not want me to go on a mission and take care of my parents, I actually felt the world around me kind of tilt and and, and twist a little bit and spin. And when I ran back and told my father this was the answer to my prayers, he told me that was Satan getting in the way. You should go on a mission, pray again. So I went out, prayed again, got nothing. And of course, a week later, I went to give blood, as I I was apt to do every couple months. And they refused me because I had been working so much and not eating enough that I was anemic and malnourished. So this... This is actually the reason why this uh, this patriarchal blessing was so special to me at the time, is because of this experience that affected me so young. I was so intent on hearing God's words and God's promptings that that this meant the world to me at that time. So you put it off for a couple of years because you kind of weren't sure or were afraid uh, of what it would say and might seal you into doing? Because right now you're kind of like me, right? Lock, stock, barrel, you totally buy this stuff. And to a young Mormon, this kind of lays out the rest of your life. That's that's kind of the purpose of it, right? It's kind of like a, a guideline for the rest of your life. Exactly. Exactly. And it it was a lot of it had to do with fear because... Like I said, even at a young age, I was apt to wandering, I was apt to finding adventure. And one of my biggest fears was that I was going to find out through this patriarchal blessing what my life path was. And then not only would there not be any adventure in life, but maybe it would force me down and kind of funnel me down into an area of life that I didn't want to be in. 
And so there, there was a great terror in me, and the only reason why I finally got it, and probably another reason why I wanted to get the fuck out of there as fast as I possibly could, is because of this. I did not want to be funneled down into one compartment due to what God wanted me to do. I, I wanted... Control is a big thing for me. So you're rebellious. I, you're a rebellious yeah. spirit. Yes. If that's the way you want to put it, I was yes. rebellious because... I wanted to experience my own life. I didn't want God sitting me down, telling me what my life should be. But God knows more than you, Leighton. You uh, God's submi- a fucking asshole. He <laughs> <laughs> should have submitted to his will. Well, uh, let, let me point out this. So, for many years after I was raped, I, I sat and I considered why this happened to me. And it, it took me a long time to figure this out. But I finally came to the realization that even back then, I had the ass of a Greek god. And if I could, I would rape myself. (laughs) (laughs) Come on, dude, you've seen my ass. We're talking Greek god magnitude here. You saw that wandering out in a gulch, you'd take advantage of it too. Oh my god. (laughs) But anyway, to bring back... I can honestly say I did not think you were headed down that path when you started that story. <laughs> well, I, truth be told, I didn't. I honestly didn't even plan on even talking about that story. But we, in all of these podcasts we do, we try to find out why people believe. And this is one of the fundamental reasons why I believed. And, uh, I mean, and another aspect, which most people don't understand, is... When you're going through Mormonism, you hear all of these stories about how someone was walking towards something and the spirit warned them and they were able to escape danger. And so in my young mind, that was what I was thinking. Either I was not righteous or I was not listening. You hear this probably on a weekly, certainly a monthly basis. People get up and tell a little story in sacrament or fast and testimony meeting where I listened to that still small voice and had I not listened to it, I would have died. Or I would have gotten raped. Or I would have gotten kidnapped. Or a dog would have bit me. Or, you know, I would have skied into an avalanche. Anything, you name it, would have happened. Uh, So when you actually had something bad happen to you and you listen to these stories with completely different ears. They're, of course. They're intending to say, just listen to the still small voice, beware the promptings of the Spirit. And you're sitting there going, why didn't God warn me? Exactly. Exactly. And then, of course, in the Mormon religion, you also hear bad things happen because someone steps forward to sacrifice themselves for the good of the many. Fuck you. Mine wasn't a sacrifice. Mine was an act of just place and time. Yeah, they they say stuff like that because they want uh it to be a you know like a positive experience. Well, you know, he stepped forward to get raped so that someone else didn't have to. Well, why yeah. did God predetermine that someone had to get raped at that time? God. Exactly. What a dick. So, anyway, to, to wrap all of that up, and if any of you try to psychoanalyze me, I will beat you to death. I don't. Ha- I can allow my family to psychoanalyze me. I can't kill them, but I will kill every one of you. But <laughs> easy, easy. We hey, don't we've have only... that many listeners to go around. Yeah, exactly. That's why they better watch their back. They can't. <laughs> they can't gather up and stand against me in mass. But <laughs> 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 to bring things back into scope. 
this is the importance that this patriarchal blessing actually pl played on my life and a lot of others although not going through the same sorts of experiences I had they place the same amount of actual worth to this this is the guide for their life which is absolutely hilarious to me because there's a stipulation to the to the patriarchal blessing where it's important to bear in mind that those promises made in the patriarchal blessings are not necessarily all of them to be fulfilled in this life. Right, so it comes with a big fat asterisk. You know, um, A, you have to be righteous in order to fulfill these things. Yep. Um, you got to do what, you know, the church tells you to do. You got to attend church. You got to be a good person, blah, blah, blah. And B, you know, some people live their entire lives like, say, apostles or prophets and so they were righteous but stuff in their patriarchal blessing didn't come true so clearly it'll happen in the life to come yeah yeah i mean so it's essentially like, it's worthless yeah so i mean i i have this aunt who uh, actually had her patriarchal blessing and in it it promises her that she will be married in the temple well she is now in her late 60s has never been married has never even left the house that she grew up in and this is what this disclaimer is for. For those people who do not have these little promises fulfilled. Yeah, well, you know, obviously, they've given patriarchal blessings. It hasn't come true, and so they have to come to grips with this. And, and so they'll give you all kinds of responses. Well, it'll happen. <laughs> just, it'll happen. Yeah, just just uh, not. not now. You just have yeah. to die first. Yeah, not when you're expecting it. Now, to come back to this woman who wrote that, that my nondescript and utterly predictable patriarchal blessing, this is her way of reconciling this drivel. The only problem with my patriarchal blessing is that I thought it would tell me something about myself that I didn't already know. I wanted to be surprised, but I wasn't. In retrospect, I think that this must have been wisdom in God's part. Him being God and all, what else would it be? As I get older, I realize that I don't actually like surprises all that much, so asking for one when then was asking for that which I ought not, and we all know how God feels about that sort of thing. That's horrible. Yeah. So she we asks for a surprise, God doesn't give it to her, and somehow that shows God is wise. <laughs> it's just, yeah. you can't lose. Man, I want to, you know... I want to be on the receiving end of that shit. I just yeah. sit there, you know, someone asks me a question, I'm totally silent, and they tell me, wow, that is really wise. <laughs> 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 that was really smart of you not to answer my question. Yes, well yes, played. Because years down the road, as I've been reading this patriarchal blessing over and over again, they actually tell you to read this on a monthly basis, if oh, not God. weekly. Oh, Lord, once a month? If not weekly. My my seminary teacher told us to try and read it weekly. Ugh. Yeah. Now, my question is, why is it no patriarchal blessing I've ever come across tells someone they're going to die at an early age or they're going to be afflicted <laughs> with poverty, but it's for their own good? Or I mean, you will live to see two planes strike the World Trade Center towers. You know, it's nothing specific ever. Yeah. 
How about this specific for me? Why didn't mine tell me I was going to obliterate my right leg, be forced into bed rest, and while there, unable to do anything, my girlfriend was fucking around with somebody else? Don't you think that's kind of a life-altering <laughs> moment right there? I mean, my God, I still wake up four years after the fact of this injury in pain on some days. You don't think that's important enough to put in my patriarchal blessing? You wouldn't have been injured if you would have listened to that still small voice. Exactly. Because as I was tr teaching track to these kids, I would have known there was a rock in there that I was going to completely twist my ankle. And then I would have known, don't climb on your motorcycle and drive yourself to the hospital because a guy's going to hit you, the motorcycle's going to fall, and rip your ankle the other way. I thought there was also something about jumping off of a two-story building or running with the bulls in Pamplona that had to do with that, too. No, that was that was my left foot, and <laughs> that was a completely different. I was I was partying in Pamplona, and I, I climbed the side of a building, jumped down, and long story short, I had to wrap my foot so tight I cut off circulation so I could run with the bulls. So, yeah. <laughs> well, it's hard to listen to that still small voice when you're plastered off your ass. <laughs> Dude, have you ever tasted sangria? No. It's difficult to get plastered on shit that tastes like that. <laughs> All right, back to your patriarchal blessing. Let's right. read some specific predictions that it makes. Okay. All right. Now, the first and foremost, I I am probably going to burn in hell if there is a god because I marked this thing up like you wouldn't believe. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you're supposed to be able to draw on this thing, but... Uh, on a holy first, document? No. On a holy document. Oh, my God. So uh, after they say my full name and they, they invoke the holy Melchizedek priesthood, this is the statement they make. I pray for the spirit of our Heavenly Father that it might be present this evening to the degree that the blessing you are about to receive will be according to his mind and will. This seems awfully odd to me, considering that these patriarchal blessings are basically coming off of a template. Yeah, I um, looked up a, a random patriarchal blessing, and it follows pretty much the same course that yours does. Does it say that you, you know, you're a valiant spirit in yours? Uh, it, it doesn't say that in mine, but I did look up another one where not only did it say he was a valiant spirit, but he said he would be a warrior for God and fight the devil. And uh, yeah, that, that says that, it in here too. Yeah, um, that he would bring in the the millennium when the, Jesus would come, and th it's funny to me because this blessing. Oh, oh, this part especially. This is coming from his blessing giving in 1983. During the cleansing of the earth through war, famine, plagues, and other calamities, you will witness much destruction destruction of life and property. But fear not, for you will be protected. And this blessing was given in 1983, and I'm guessing he was 14 to 16 at the time, which makes him 41 to 43. Uh, God, time is running out for these plagues and calamities to come. You might want to hurry before this guy dies. How about this guy, um, given 12th of September 2002? Uh, Richard, you have come to the earth at a very special time. You're going to have challenging responsibilities in these latter days. You will see great and marvelous events transpire in your lifetime, Brother Barton. Oh, Indeed, God, that's almost word for word from mine. <laughs> you will have a part in many of those events. You will witness the world in turmoil. Even at times in this very choice nation, you will see great difficulties. You will see upheavals in nature. You will see and hear wars and rumors of wars as these great and glorious prophecies are fulfilled. 
And the Holy Spirit will be a beacon to you, opening your spiritual eyes, allowing you to recognize not only good from evil, but to recognize the signs of the times and to be able to see <laughs> into the future and know and recognize the path that you should follow in life. That's beautiful. How about be wise, be patient, um, be not precipitous, but be calm and deliberate, and hearken to the whisperings of the still small voice that will guide you and direct you. Yeah, that was before the sentence I read. <laughs> uh, so it's clear these things are done in template fashion. Yeah, yeah, completely clear. Because yours uh, was done when? What year? Mine was done uh, January 24th, 1995. So we have one from 83, 95, and 02, and they have uh, massive commonalities in between them, spanning, what, three decades? Yeah. Yeah, very much so. Very much so. Now, uh, this is this is probably my my favorite part of it. It it basically is talking about how my mind will be alert, that I will be smart enough to understand my education and understand what I'm studying. And uh, this is it. Uh, they should have said, but not quite so smart as to leave the church. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it! You ruined my punchline. <laughs> This, this is what it says. You have the ability to work with people to convince them of the things that you believe and to help them gain strength and understanding and find peace in this life. I'm going to teach you a little Vietnamese. Do Ma, which means motherfucker. Because <laughs> we started irreligiosophy, and they are absolutely right. I have the go. ability to convince people. You have, um, you have fulfilled that particular prophecy. Of course, it completely undercuts the next sentence. I bless you with the desire to use this special gift and talent in teaching the gospel and being an emissary for Jesus Christ. Uh, yeah, they kind of got that one wrong. Oops. <laughs> well, how about this one? All right, this, this goes back to the education, where it says, I will get an education, be fruitful, and be productive, and to receive material blessings in this life that far exceed those of many of the children of our Heavenly Father. Yep. How about this one? As you pursue knowledge and wisdom and learning and education, the Lord will bless you richly. <laughs> now, hold on, hold on. With my statement, I live in America. Of course, my worldly material blessings are going to be far greater than many of the children of our Heavenly Father. Especially the Thai children of our Heavenly Father. Let's not bring them into this. I might feel bad. <laughs> Even though Leighton lives currently in an apartment that smells of cat urine. I'm going to beat that goddamn cat. <laughs> <laughs> he still has a lifestyle and standard of living that's, you know, above most of the rest of the world, right? Yeah. Outside of Europe, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, yeah. That's so not much a of a stretch, right? To... No. No, I mean, come on. It's not like we're, we have any sort of prophetic things going on here. However, it was very prophetic when it's talking about how I will have many opportunities to serve uh, the church and God. And it says, you will be called into the mission field and will be instrumental in extending the gospel to many of the children of our Heavenly Father. Well, if that was the case, why would God make me dizzy at the moment I was asking him, should I stay home and take care of my parents and their financial needs? He's trying to trick you. <laughs> yeah, maybe he shouldn't have done it with something that afflicts me every time I go without eating and work too much. Yeah, it's too easy for you to believe in God. He's got to toss these little obstacles in your way. 
Yeah. Oh God. Uh, all right. Well, let's see uh, if he's well, tossing. Wait. Let me um, let me read this and see if it um, strikes any chord in you as far as your own patriarchal blessing. All Richard, right. it is imperative that you study the scriptures diligently, particularly the Book of Mormon. The time will come when it will be of inestimable value to you as you preach and teach in places of the world. As you grow in understanding, continue to study the scriptures, especially the Book of Mormon, <laughs> for in there we find all the answers to the problems in this life. <laughs> in the in the fucking Book of Mormon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you you think that's bad? I want to know what pi is calculated to the hundredth decimal place. Oh, Apparently, they, I can find that in the Book of Mormon. They take it one step further in mind. In your mind's eye, you will be able to picture the things that actually happened to the ancient inhabitants of this land. Your mind will be open, and you will see and recognize these truths. I bless you that as you study and these truths come to you, that you will have a desire to testify and teach them to the sons and daughters of our Heavenly Father. Oh, my God. It's, yeah. It still kills me when people buy this shit. You know, in 93, 2002... These people actually believe that the Book of Mormon was literally translated by Joseph Smith, and it actually is a historical record of the people of North and <laughs> South America. All right, all right. So the pa patriarchal blessing you got for Chad there, what tribe was he? Richard, you are of the household of Ephraim, and the blood of Ephraim runs richly in your veins. I seal you up to come forth in the first resurrection, there to enjoy all the blessings that are in store for the righteous, and say to you that you are of the tribe of Ephraim through Joseph. Now, uh, this other guy is the one I've been uh, kind of pulling off here and there from 1983. He was of the tribe of Ephraim. Now, I also looked up something, what the tribe of Ephraim actually meant. And here is a quote from Joseph Fielding Smith. Uh, now, this guy, he's great. He was ordained as the prophet on January 23rd, 1970, at the age of 93. He died two years later, but before he did, he had this to say about the, about the uh, Ephraim. The members of the church, most of us of the tribe of Ephraim, are of the remnant of Jacob. We know it to be the fact that the Lord called upon the descendants of Ephraim to commence this work in the earth in these last days. We know further that he has said that he has set forth Ephraim according to the promises of his birthright at the head. And basically he goes on to state that it is Ephraim and the tribe of Ephraim that is supposed to bring in the fulfillment of the end days. And I find that to be rather coincidental that the majority of the LDS church has come from the tribe of Ephraim and it just so happens to be the very same tribe which is going to carry in the work of the last days. Well, you know, there are only two tribes because when Israel split with Judea, the ten tribes got conquered and they're now the lost ten tribes. I'm going to go against you on the only two tribes. And the reason why is uh, my family adopt adopted a lot of black people and my, my aunt adopted some black people. And as it turns out, there is new revelation and they come from a different tribe, specifically cornering the black market. <laughs> What tribe is that? I have no idea. I, I heard it when I was younger, like probably 10 years ago, and it didn't even occur to me. It just kind of rolled off my back like water. But now I look at it and go, wow, you think they're making up for the whole 1978 uh, giving the priesthood thing? So apparently the Mormons have um, sequestered away a tribe just specifically for black people. 
Yeah, yeah. Now, uh, it's it's crap anyway. It just made me laugh. But uh, to continue on with my blessing, the very next statement kind of backfired on on the whole Mormon church and, and my life thing. And the reason why is, this is the statement. As you remain faithful to the commandments of our Heavenly Father, you will have the opportunity of going into the house of the Lord, there to be sealed to a daughter of our Heavenly Father, and you will have the privilege of becoming a father in Zion. And then, of course, it points out that I'm going to have lots of children, I'm going to raise them in the Lord, and that I'm going to work with my wife. And the reason why this backfired is, as I stated, I believed wholeheartedly in this blessing. And because of that, and this statement right here, I thought to myself, well, hell, I'm trying to be as righteous as I can, and I haven't been married yet, so I can do whatever the hell I want, and God won't kill me. And this kind of started my daredevil streak and my lack of self-preservation, because I went out there and I pulled just all sorts of crazy-ass shit, and it's a miracle I'm still alive. And the problem is, is even after I stopped leaving, uh, this little adrenaline rush is still in me, and I pull crazy shit. So you don't look back and say, "Good God, I was an idiot." You're more like, "Eh." Oh no, no, I look back and think I'm an idiot, but I also think, "But mother of God, that was fun." <laughs> so, <laughs> essentially, you're you're lucky to be alive, basically. Yeah, yeah you have no idea how many times. But uh, anyway, also bringing up the 1983, here's a statement from his. In the Lord's due time, you shall be given one of his sweet, fine, intelligent daughters to be your eternal companion, helper, and partner in righteousness. Her likes will blend beautifully with yours and will ever assist you in your calling as a soldier for Christ. Now, that's nice, actually. It's, it's kind of sweet. But I wonder if any of those who get this blessing ever hear that the Lord will give them a complete bitch for their eternal companion? Because I've seen this in my family. <laughs> yeah, what about some of your brothers? Does that say that in their uh, blessing? Yeah, yeah. Does it ever say in, in the blessings of people, you will marry a woman who ensnares you into the wedding by pretending to be someone she's not and then completely ruins your life? <laughs> if they're smart, they should have at least half of their patriarchal blessings that way. Yeah. <laughs> but once here's, again... Here's it, from the uh, 2002... The time will come when you may kneel at an altar in a sacred temple with one of your choice, a choice daughter of our Heavenly Father. Wow, what a surprise that this is a recurring theme. Huh, does his also state that he should go on a mission because the 1983 one does, and so does mine? You'll be soon called upon to teach the gospel to people who don't know anything about the gospel. You will be very effective in teaching that gospel. You'll be able to speak persuasively. You'll be able to testify to them, particularly of the truthfulness of the Book of Mormon, which is the focal point of our church. You will be able to influence many to enter the waters of baptism. And uh, who's the one that got the patriarchal blessing where it says you will stumble and be less intelligent than those you are trying to teach? Yeah, this guy says, um, in, in this choice, he's talking about the choice of his future um, wife. As well in, as in all the decisions you make, you will not go amiss. You will not make a mistake. What the f... <laughs> Sweet! From age 14 on, I will not make a mistake. I'm awesome. Yeah. You know, the, these patriarchal blessings, they always sound like those, uh, those self-help books that tell you to repeat a mantra and then it will be true. <laughs> Just visualize, right? Yeah, goal, visualize the goals, and they will become successful. Yeah. 
<laughs> All right. The uh, the last thing I will bring up about patriarchal blessings is is this statement here and just how unbelievably wrong they got it. You will have many opportunities to serve in the kingdom of our Heavenly Father. You will find your greatest joy as you serve in the priesthood quorums, opportunities of presiding there and officiating in the quorums of the priesthood and of being involved in the temples of the Lord. And this will be your greatest joy besides that of your family, which will truly be your greatest joy, will be your involvement in the quorums of the priesthood of of our Heavenly Father. Let me point something out. I hated the priesthood quorums hated them all i wanted to be happened to me is to be left alone as i sat back in the corner and didn't answer anything because they didn't like to hear what i had to say anyway well i was about to say that that uh, came true because you've always been an active member of the church and uh you went on a mission and you married someone you know your your priest your patriarchal blessing uh has so far been 100% accurate i don't know what you're complaining about you know, just because of that statement there, I must quit irreligiosity and go get baptized, or I don't even know if they've excommunicated me yet or not, so I, I must return to the church. Yeah, return to the church and go start enjoying this uh, priesthood quorum thing that's apparently, apart from your family, which is non-existent because you haven't married anybody yet, <laughs> is your greatest joy in life. Yeah, yeah. Well, think obvious. of all the stuff you're missing out on. I am, and that's the reason why I will never go back. (laughs) (laughs) There is nothing, nothing more excruciating than the Mormon church. Yeah, nothing like a bunch of old pontificating, masturbating in the wind adults trying to tell me something that I've heard a thousand times. (laughs) Absolutely. All right, uh, in the near future, uh, we're going to try to cover, uh, we've had a lot of requests for covering Scientology and what was the other one? Islam. Islam, yeah. So we'll try to do those, um, and I'm sure we'll have more Mormonism stuff. As a matter of fact, I had an article already, but Leighton talked uh, throughout this whole hour, so I got Scott, are we out. quitting? Yeah. It's, we're it's about goddamn time you got squished out. Do you have any idea how much research I've had to throw out because you've talked too much? Yeah, like two minutes. At least five. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. All right, we'll see you guys next week. Bye-bye.